1: All right, it is a boxing day, home and home, a Radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. Joined by our good friend Nick Costos, who is also home. All of us trying to shake off the extra pounds piled on from Christmas. Gentlemen, good morning to you. We'll talk uh, Los Angeles Lakers, five games on the NBA slate. What about NFL seeding? Who gets this Niners-Seahawks game? And will the Cowboys back their asses in to the playoffs? But let's start with Christmas and your experiences. Love to hear from you. Ross Tucker, how was the holiday in the Tucker home?
0: Uh, Yeah, good morning, fellas. Usually I get up early and I'm out the door while everybody's still sleeping, so... Just to be in the bed with my daughters who climbed in and my wife was awesome. And then, you know, they're at such a cool age, six and seven, where they are all in on Santa, all in on every aspect of it. So all of that's great. Watching them open the gifts is great. You know, there was not a ball. There was no G.I. Joe, no He-Man. We are straight frozen Two, an american girl and all that kind of stuff so i just smile and enjoy their joy because i know that these are not toys that i will enjoy playing with whatsoever (laughs) how about you nick i'm sure you had a very different
3: experience well yeah yeah it was it was great for merry christmas to you guys and happy holidays to everyone out there listening it was it was an awesome christmas man and like i feel like i've been on vacation for like two weeks and like uh, this is going to be an interesting couple of days of shows that I've got coming up here because I've literally been on vacation for like two weeks. So was in Grand Cayman last week. That was great. Basically, I think the most noteworthy thing for me is I haven't stopped eating. Like I've eaten like ev- literally everything in sight for the last like 10 days. And I've got a shitty metabolism, man. I'm like 5'7", 160. I, I got no metabolism. So... I was 5'7", like 160. I'm probably like 5'7", like 167 right now. I I had to have gained like 5 to 10 pounds. I think people can probably commiserate with that. Eight chocolate chip pancakes every day on my trip. And then over the last couple of days, like, it's just like crazy. Like my girlfriend's family in Staten Island, like an Italian family, tons of delicious Italian food, pastries, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, this has been, I'm I'm fat right now. So I feel like this is fat Nick Costos on the air with you guys right now.
0: So, okay. So a couple of things on that. First of all, Nick, When did you figure out when I was texting you about the Giants, and I can't believe they did that, when did you figure out I was just messing with you because I knew you were on vacation in Grand Cayman?
3: I mean, you made it really obvious. Like, it was a really, like, obvious text. You were like, OMG, can't believe what the Giants did. I'm like, what the fuck, this fucking guy? (laughs) Of course I knew that it was Ross immediately. And you know that I would tell you if I were like, oh, you got me. It was a good one. No, it was obvious. It was transparent. It was lame, and I figured it out immediately because you suck. All right, so here's the
0: next question, and and Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you up on this. All right, did you gain any weight over the last few days, Dave? Break.
1: You know, I have friends who literally step on the scale a couple times a week to keep uh, track of their weight, how it fluctuates. I haven't stepped on a scale. I would wager four or five years. So if I'm not in a doctor's office, I have no clue what my weight is. I can see how it transforms, how the belly, the the weight goes a little South. I probably haven't gained weight in 10 or 15 years. So it really doesn't serve any purpose (laughs) for me to look at a scale. I probably could eat donuts every day for, for a month and I'd be, you know, skinny fat, but I wouldn't actually gain more than two or three pounds, but I feel disgusting that's for sure i feel no 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 no. you don't get to say
3: that you don't get to say that you don't get to say that since you're one of these fucking like in the two percent that gets to eat whatever they want and not gain weight you don't get to say that you feel awful i get to say that i feel awful because now when i walk down the stairs my tits are jiggling okay (laughs) so you don't get to say that buddy i don't want to fucking hear it from you
0: you know and it's funny nick you had the double whammy of both a vacation and then a holiday I have often said I would be at my ideal weight if there were no such thing as holidays or vacations. Yeah. I'm um, yeah. like you, Nick. If I don't really watch it, like I gained five pounds the last two days. Um, on a vacation, I will gain a lot more than that. I gained five and a half pounds the last two days. I weigh myself every morning. But on some level, Nick, if you went on vacation, and over the holidays, and you didn't gain any weight. Like, on some level, like, what the hell are you doing, right?
3: I agree. Uh, no, so definitely, definitely strong agree from you uh, there on that. Like, it's just like, you know, I, I, I try and stay healthy. You know, you try and eat healthy, really, because, like, We do shit on camera a lot of the time. So, like, I don't want to come on camera looking like I got fucking stung by a pack of hornets. So, yeah, I mean, like, vacation's the time to really really let loose a little bit. And as far as the scale thing goes, you guys know the great designer, fashion designer, Karl Lagerfeld, who passed away recently. I know you guys are huge fans of Karl Lagerfeld, said that he never weighed himself. But how you weigh yourself is how you fit in clothes. So I know when I put a shirt on that fit me like a week ago and now it no longer is fitting me and it looks like I got a B cup, that's how I know I gained some weight. I don't need the scale to tell me that. (laughs)
1: that is quite an image of the uh the breasts that you have growing so look i don't really i have a bit of a grinch gene in me like frankly i I get a little uh a little blue a little angry around christmas every year and i know my wife just tries to kind of manage that and i don't know what it is there's something about the holiday that just it stresses me out I'm cheap, so all the millions of (laughs) gifts the kids open kind of stresses me out. Like, I'm always trying to dial back my inner Grinch so I'm still trying to do that today I also don't sit around well Um, Christmas is one of those days where you really just sit around and you eat and you drink and I get cabin fever like crazy I need to be doing stuff I need to be moving I need to be playing something getting a little working out and, and when I don't do any of that I'm an angry fellow and now we turn to today and it's all about Oh, here we go again. We're going to eat all day because we got leftovers to clean out. What's your leftover routine, Tucker? Uh, Well, I had
0: an interesting leftover routine yesterday that you guys, I think, probably saw on social media because Christmas Eve, we had some people over, my mom and uh, my brother-in-law, so we got sushi for Christmas Eve after my daughter's Christmas show. And, you know, we got a ton of sushi because we wanted to make sure that we had enough. And there were some leftovers. So, I don't know. I mean, I I probably only trust leftover sushi for 12 hours, maybe 24 hours. So, that is what my wife and I had for breakfast yesterday. We had leftover sushi. Um, And, uh, I don't know, I think that's all right. I had people say, you should never, ever do that. It tasted good. I don't know. I had no problem with it.
1: I have never in my life eaten leftover sushi. That is one of the few foods that if I don't finish it, it is gone. Something about it the next day just... Creeps me out a little bit. The texture changes a lot. There's not much food that I enjoy leftover beyond pizza and maybe Chinese. And that's why today I'll be grumpy again because it's the same food we ate yesterday, which is all good. My wife's a tremendous uh, cook, but I don't want to sit around and eat what I ate all day yesterday. Costos, what's your feelings on leftovers?
3: Uh, first off, the sushi thing is that's actually made my stomach turn, and I have a pretty – I'm pretty good with that stuff. That is – Ross is absolutely fucking disgusting, man. That gets awful. That may be one of the worst things I've ever heard. I, I could see you doing that because you're like, like a slob, but like – your wife doing that, man. I can't believe the two of you are eating sushi on leftover sushi on Christmas morning. That is one of the worst things I've heard. I love leftovers. I, I, I love cold food. Like I have food that's left over the next day. I don't even warm it up. I like to eat food cold. So I think that's probably a little strange, but that's something that I enjoy and I've gotten my balls busted for over the years from people. But I I, I wanna say, Dave, something that you said I thought was really great. And I love that you admitted that, that you can be a bit of a grinch around the holidays. You know. My girl is the same way, not so much the Grinch part, but we are laying in bed yesterday just napping, right, yeah. after, like, a lot of the shit goes down, and she's getting upset, like, she's like, ah, I don't like – I like to be doing stuff, like, I don't like this on the holidays, just laying around, and I'm in bed, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is my all, – all I ever want to do – is lay in bed. I just want to lay down all the time. I love to lay. All I, like, guys, like all like we do for a living. We're always in front of people. We're always performing. We're always talking. When the fucking camera turns off. I don't want to go and fucking do shit. I want to lay down. So for me, it's like there's nothing better than Christmas taking a two-hour nap in the afternoon. Fuck it, man. That's what it's all about for me. So I love that shit, but I do think it's interesting that there are different personality types. It's not a criticism of you, Dave, or like saying that I'm right or you're wrong. Different strokes for different folks, but I find that very interesting. I I love to lay down and just relax on days like that, but some people can't. I think that's pretty interesting
0: yeah um I like laying around, although I will say this and maybe I'm not even trying to transition yet, but maybe we are. I it just really bums me out on Christmas that there's no football. Like an NBA regular season's fine and I'm a sixers fan so like that was kind of sweet actually that the Sixers against the Bucks was on. but I, I just I, I don't understand why college football just kind of punts on Christmas day. I used to watch the blue gray, like, you know, all-star game. I used to watch the hula bowl. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I have a tough time getting up for regular season NBA. Like I can, I can watch it, especially if it's good teams and especially like later on in the game, but I don't love regular season NBA typically. I wish there was some football alternative I think it's weird that that they just punt on on Christmas. I also I guess I understand your feeling blue on Christmas thing, Dave. I I love the holidays because I I'm away every weekend, so like I and I, I wasn't even around for Thanksgiving. So like it was my f- first time to like be around family. I get kind of blue at my birthday every year. Oh, yeah. My wife always gets mad at me, but I don't like my birthday. I, I don't like getting a year older. It gets me sad because every year older it's like, shit, there's another one. Like I'm um, like I'm 40, right? So my next birthday, I am officially on the downslope of life.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> we are a real pick me up here on Boxing Day, yeah. But look, the the, the Grinch thing, What's and, the and I understand Costas' struggle because what, 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 it's, it's nothing what, you can what, do about it. Like I've fought this for, I, I can remember feeling this way twenty years ago on, on Christmas, and and it, it's just in, internal. It's part of me. I'm I'm a little bit bummed down. I'm a little bit stressed out. It's always kind of a time to reflect, and I'm generally speaking, never satisfied with where I am in life. I mean, I look around, I, I, I love every part of being with my family and I, I I love my wife and my kids and all that. But in inside, I just feel like, Oh man, now I got to take stock of where I am in life. And generally speaking, I'm not all that pleased with what I see. So maybe that's why I don't like sitting around and doing nothing. I feel like I'm falling up further behind, but Costos, I, I need your gene. I need to just embrace my inner uh lazy ass and just lay around in bed but i don't know if i can do it man do you have any tips
3: well i would uh, i I think this is probably like a really like we could i think shit like this by the way is a million times more interesting than breaking down like football games and and point spreads and shit um because there's like actual like real people shit that i think that everyone can kind of groove on um dave i would feel like and i don't know dave how old are you
1: i'm 43
3: okay you're 43 good looking 43 year old you should feel good about that so i'm 36 Um, I turned 37 in 2020. Um, So I feel like for the majority of my life, I have felt, Dave, the way that you feel. And I don't know how strongly you feel about that. So I don't mean to minimize how you feel about that. But I could say that for me, it's been feeling that way to like the nth degree at all times where it's almost like my achievements in life have come not with satisfaction, but almost with anger when I get achievements because it's almost like indignation at, why didn't this happen before why didn't people see it before i'm serious and like that's very bad and like and and i'll pull the curtain back a little bit because i don't give a shit i'll fucking what you get from me is is, is who i am period so i go to therapy man and like i've been going to therapy this whole year and it's been awesome for me because like i've been able to take a greater stock of what's really important and shit and like dude like you got like this is what i would say to you man like i'm not a fucking therapist or whatever and I, I, i don't claim to have all the answers but man like you got a beautiful fucking family, man. Like, I, we follow each other on Instagram. I see your family and stuff. Like, you got a lot to be proud of, dude, and you got a lot of cool things in your career. And also, you're able to eat whatever you want without gaining weight. You look like you fucking roll you fucking asshole. You look like you fucking rolled off a red carpet, you piece of shit. You got a lot to feel happy about, man. Like just the fact that you've got such a beautiful, healthy family. You should feel happy about that. I think that shit is pretty cool. Now, I'm not saying that you should wake up tomorrow morning and feel great, because life's hard, man. I don't fucking have all the answers and shit, but I think you should feel pretty good. That would be my summation of the whole thing.
0: Well, I wanna say something to you, Nick, just based on what you just said. First of all, I like you sharing about the fact that you go to therapy. Uh, Mental health is very important, and if that helps you, that's wonderful, and clearly it does. But dude, I mean, what was it, five years ago? that you were like a low level producer. Well, let's not go low level, not
3: low levels, not low level, pretty high level.
0: You're the star of your own show and you've got your own other stuff going at Sports Illustrated where you do these videos. Like, dude, you have come a ridiculously long way in a pretty short amount of time from being like a, Quote, unquote, I wouldn't say this, but but I can see how someone would feel this way. A quote, unquote, like nobody behind the scenes just kind of feeling like you were just kind of sleepwalking through that job to now like a legitimate star in my mind. Like I I think uh, I hope you feel great about where you're at.
3: No, I do. And I appreciate you saying that very much. And you and I have had conversations off air about that. And thank you very much. But yeah, but look, it's, it's been hard for me to kind of, well, cause I think, you know, what you're saying, like you're right. And I think, and by the way, it was, I was a high level producer, not a low level producer. So I want to get that right. Um, it's, it's, it was Cause it was always for me in those moments. Cause like, I always knew that I was great. And it was always like, it was like, why am I not getting these opportunities? So like a lot of anger came with that where I almost feel like, I was like um, – and, and I want to be careful with the analogy that I use here because I'm not trying to compare myself to this person, but this is always kind of what I've thought about. Like when Michael Jordan was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame – and I'm not saying that I'm Michael Jordan, but this is always what I've thought about – is that you know he had his high school basketball coach that cut him or cut him from whatever, the varsity team, like that famous story. He paid for the high school coach to come to his Hall of Fame induction. And then basically shit talked the guy while he was there, like brought him there just to be like, hey, fucking asshole, look at me now. And I have like fantasized almost sexually in the past about morons that I've talked to in this industry, Ross, some of whom you and I both know mutually, some of of which we don't. Where I've sat in, in a room with people and they've said shit to me about like my ability and like the shit that I say. And I'm sitting there thinking like you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. And I have like fantasized about shoving it up their ass, not literally, but figuratively, like look at what I've done, fuck you. And it's taken like a good amount of time for me to get to the point now where I'm just like comfortable with everything and it is what it is. And I will either win or lose based on my own ability. And if people like me, great. If they don't like me, that's cool too, because I know that I'm good and that's the end of it. So it's taken a while for me to get there, but I am there now. And I appreciate you saying that.
1: I would like uh, a dose of your um, your confidence and your outlook. And and here's where I understand mental health issues. You can stack up all the achievements you want. You can do a pro-con list. I can look around and, and say I have a beautiful family. I love them very much and, and a great home. But ultimately, you cannot change how you feel inside. And that's where we have to just understand that there are people that really struggle even when they have no reason to struggle and hopefully people I mean thankfully I have a support system where my wife gets it she sees it my kids get it you know I get a lot of hugs around the house around this time of year but you know again this just might be a reminder to all of you you never know when someone might be having one of those really hard days, one of those really hard times. They might not even have a great explanation for it, but to reach out and try to offer the support to some of those people that don't have a great system. So uh, the one thing that was consistent besides – Of course, us eating and getting fat all day long was at least for some of us watching some NBA, five different NBA games. This is probably my favorite time to sit and watch a lot of NBA because I did love the matchups. I really watched a lot of Philadelphia and Milwaukee. And clearly, uh, you know, With Embiid, there is a a beast in there. There is a player that, that could be an MVP in this league, and I think Charles Barkley and Shaq really hit on it earlier this year. I think they really inspired him to start playing like the guy he's capable of. But, of course, the show everyone cared about... Uh, you had to watch this Lakers Clippers game, Costos. I know you were following you on Twitter last night. Uh, the big takeaway was the odd camera angle that made me feel a little nauseous. But as the game went on, I actually started to enjoy the perspective of it. I did get into this game. You can tell it matters to LeBron. It matters to AD. It matters to Kawhi and PG. These guys really do want to have that measuring stick in the regular season. They want to lay down a marker that says we can compete for an NBA title. So what can we learn, Costos, from that Lakers loss? They're 0-2 now against the Clippers. To me, what I see is a team that is obviously capable of anything – But they need everything to be right. Whereas the Clippers can win ugly. They can win with Paul George not playing or playing mediocre. They can lead with Lou Williams can lead them in scoring and they can beat one of the best teams in the NBA. But the Lakers need all, every condition perfect to be a dominant team. They've lost four in a row. LeBron did not want to take a game-winning shot down the stretch and then when he did it just got sent right back to him by beverly which was an outstanding play and then he taunted him what's your takeaway from the la show
3: well i i think it's just like for lebron and like lebron's my favorite player like i love lebron um i'm a knicks fan so it's like i default basically to root for whatever team lebron's on because my team sucks like i've always been a lebron fanboy. like he's just gotta like Like, you know how he's been using, he's self-motivating, like, hashtag, like, washed king on Instagram and Twitter, like, trying to make it seem like people think he sucks now. Like, if you're going to do that shit, and, like, Kawhi, could you imagine in, like, the Jordan era... Like, and I know this shit didn't go on in the Jordan era, but could you imagine, like, if, like, someone signed, like, if there were two Chicago teams and a star like Kawhi planted his flag in Chicago and was basically like, fuck you, man, this is my city now. Like, do you think that Michael Jordan would have been passing to Contavius Caldwell Pope at the end of the game last night or having Danny Green chuck up a million three-pointers? There's no chance now. This is not to say, like, LeBron sucks. I think LeBron's awesome. I think he's the second-best player of all time, and I don't think it's an insult to say he's not as good as Michael Jordan. That's not an insult in my mind. LeBron's got to go out there, and he's got to take over these games The end of the games. Like I'm, I'm tired at this point. Like at this point now, with Kawhi in Los Angeles, like you got to go and you got to take these games over because, like you, like you said, the Clippers have got way too much, way too much firepower. And I think these two teams are actually pretty even. I need to see LeBron go out there and win the game at the end of the game. Like I don't want to see Danny Green. I don't want to see Kentavious Caldwell Pope. I don't want to see Alex Caruso. I don't want to see Kyle Kuzma. It's got to be LeBron and it's got to be Anthony Davis. LeBron, stop passing the fucking ball. This ain't Cleveland anymore. You're in L.A. The Clippers are just as good as you are, and they got to start that's kicked your ass a couple times, including in an NBA Finals with Spurs Heat, he got to go out there and he got to win this game. He got to grab it by the balls and he's got to get it done. Otherwise, they're going to lose to the Clippers in the Western Conference Final.
1: Yeah,
0: and I guess my, my takeaway was the same as it was last year in the postseason, which is that I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player there is. I mean, I, I, and I know, look, I love Giannis, but and I know the numbers Harden's putting up I really don't give a shit. And I don't pretend to be an NBA expert. I just know that when I watch, Kawhi's the best guy on the court. And I felt like he was again. I also wanted to ask you guys why LeBron ran over and sat on Kevin Hart's lap after Anthony Davis fell on his lap.
1: I hated that. I absolutely hated that, and thank you for bringing that up. I thought it was one of the great moments of the game when uh, 6'10", Anthony Davis, fell on the lap of 5'4", Kevin Hart, front row, courtside. They had a good laugh about it, but yeah, LeBron running over there and doing the same thing not only ruined a spontaneous, like, really weird Santa moment, but then just made me feel like he's a little bit distracted. Why would that even pop into his mind that he needs to go join in that fun. But yeah, I, 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 had the same a takeaway loves, uh, in this game the that, that you man. did Costos. I wanted LeBron under three minutes to take every shot because he just had a couple of beautiful jumpers and he was so reluctant. Great. I'm thrilled that he's leading the NBA in assists in his 17 seasons, but that's not what LeBron James is here to do. He's got to, drill the dagger and, and knock down his biggest rival. And right now it doesn't look like he can do it. I don't know if it's that groin injury or not, but it doesn't look like he can do it.
3: Well, guys, it's 2019 still for another couple days. We could have just had this conversation and it could have been 10 years ago in 2009. This has always been the deal with LeBron. He generally defers in the big spot. And it's like, uh, I, and it's even like, as we're sitting here talking about it, I'm like, fuck man. Like we talk about the shit with LeBron all the time. Like this is what he's going to do. Like, he's going to—you know, I I guess this is my big takeaway, and I'm kind of, like, coming into it now as we're kind of having this conversation where, like, coming into the year, I was all about the Lakers. Lakers are going to win a championship. Are they going to be able to beat the Clippers when it comes down to it if Kawhi is going to be this fucking dog and he's going to fucking put his foot on their throat? And LeBron's kicking it out to—like, Kentavious fucking Caldwell Pope is taking the big shots in this game. Like, get the fuck out of here with this shit, man. Like, they're going to lose to the Clippers unless LeBron— like gets it in him and he starts taking over the end of games. But there is literally zero evidence throughout his career to support that that's what's going to happen. So I think it's probably gonna have to come down to Anthony Davis in the, at the ends of these games and maybe he can get it done, but it's hard to, and I'm not trying to overreact to to one game here, but I think that if, you know, if there was a gun to my head and I had to bet my life on who wins the seven game series, I think you'd have to take the Clippers.
0: Well, you are hired, Nick, when it comes to your NBA decisions and NBA analysis because I happen to agree with you and I kind of want the Clippers by the way that everybody everybody in LA is a Lakers fan oh, it's the cool thing to be I it would make me it would be hilarious to me if the Lakers with LeBron lose out to the Clippers for the NBA championship obviously what you know and and the Clippers win it and not the Lakers. That would be awesome. You're hired when it comes to that. And we got you by a zip recruiter, Nick, because they don't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. And by using zip recruiter screening questions to filter candidates, you can find it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, you will be surprised how quickly you find qualified applicants. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com
1: E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Smartest way to lose yourself a generational talent is what the New York Giants did this past week. Going to overtime, beating the Redskins, putting up 41 points, a terrific effort by the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, five touchdown passes, Saquon Barkley, 270 total yards, a couple of touchdowns. So on one hand, as a Giants fan, you got to be thrilled that it looks like the pieces are falling into place, that your young quarterback is going to be a guy that you can rally around that Saquon will be Saquon next year. But Nick Costos, you as a Giants fan, take me to you watching your team lose out potentially in all likelihood on Chase Young, the best player in college football. Can you be happy at all that it looks like you've got some offensive pieces or was it all anger for you when the Giants beat the Skins? You
3: know, it was anger and I always will be honest with you guys, so like I know that I kind of like my opinion, like my tune kind of changes sometimes from week to week on this stuff, but that's just kind of how I feel sometimes about it. So I'm being honest as a fan here. Um, I was pissed as the game was going on on Sunday that, like, that they were killing them and then they ended up winning the game in overtime. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, this is such bullshit. Chase Young's going to kill the Giants now for years. They can't even lose properly. Like, I got really annoyed. And then, like, I was watched a lot of the post game and obviously the videos of Eli and Daniel Jones drinking in Hoboken playing flip cup with a bunch of college kids after the game, like, was so cool, I thought. And, like, no, but, like, but, like, as a Giants fan, like, Like, seeing those pictures of, like, Jones and Eli smiling next to each other, I was like, fuck, man, this is great. Like, I'm being serious now. Like, Daniel Jones is really good. Like, I know he's got the fumbling issue. I think that's something that they can rectify. Also, it would be great if Nate Solder wasn't a total turnstile at left tackle. So get the offensive line a little better. Daniel Jones has shown a lot in his rookie season. And, like, I think Dave Gettleman sucks. Like Saquon Barkley's awesome. There's no doubt about it. I'm not debating that he's a great player. I still think Edelman and Shermer should go, because Shermer's a terrible coach and like he's shown that in like big moments. Like great offensive coordinators, clearly did a good job with with Daniel Jones. But in the big moments, this guy's a terrible decision maker in-game. And Gettleman hired him and also drafted a running back second overall, which which I think was really dumb. So I still think that they should that they should probably go, but Daniel Jones is good, man. So, like, I think that if you're a Giants fan, like, you can feel optimistic for the future. Even if Gettleman and Shermer come back, I still think there's reason for optimism because the quarterback is good. And if you got a good, you got a quarterback, you can, you can compete in the National Football League. And I think the Giants have a quarterback. So I'm fired up for that. And as it comes to this weekend against the Eagles, now this is normally a spot like why we root for the Giants to lose. Like when they played the Gi- the Eagles on Monday night a couple weeks ago, I rooted for the Eagles because I wanted them to lose out and get Chase Young. Now that they're like, kind of out of the Chase Young chase here, for lack of a better term, I want them to win. I want them to beat the Eagles. Knock, them, knock the birds the fuck out of the playoffs. I feel like 16-year-old Nick Costos again where I'm rooting hard against the NFC East here, and I'm rooting for my team this Sunday. And how about this? I'll take it a step further, guys. I think the Giants are the best bet of the weekend this week in the National Football League. I think they're going to win the game outright, and that's not me being a homer. I think the Giants are going to win outright on Sunday. I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Redskins. I think the Dallas Cowboys, guys, are still going to win the NFC East and, and go to the playoffs, and the Eagles will get sent home by Danny Dimes and the New York Giants.
4: Woo.
0: Yeah, that would not that would not surprise me. It would not surprise me at all. And I do think the Giants are a pretty good bet, uh, getting four and a half points. I'm kind of I'm kind of with you on that.
1: All right, any other bets before you go? I want to get a couple more uh, good bets for Week 17 in the NFL. And what about Seattle and San Francisco?
3: Um. Well, for me, it's San Francisco or nothing. I think the line is pretty much exactly where it needs to be. Niners minus three. So I think the line is right. Like opened as, as a pick'em, went right up to Niners minus three. And I think that move made a lot of sense. Like the first two game that these two teams played, I think was pretty deceiving. The Niners should have won that game on Monday night football. They were minus six and a half at home in that game. So I think the pick'em made sense. And then I think the honestly, I think the move to three made a lot of sense with a lot of the the Seahawks injury report is stacked right now with key players. Niners are relatively healthy. I think the 49ers are the better team. So the only way that I would look in that Sunday night game would be San Francisco. So Niners minus three would be my would be my look there um nfl week 17 is very hard obviously because there's like it's almost kind of like the preseason in a way where like teams ain't really a lot of teams that ain't playing for anything and the one thing that i would caution betters that are listening to this is don't get caught up in like motivational spots like oh this is a must win game for this team like well, then what the fuck were the other 16 games that they played, the other 15 games they played? Were those not must wins? Like every game in the National Football League um, is, is a must win game. So I don't, I don't get I don't get too caught up in shit like that. So as we take a quick look at the board here, aside from the Giants, I kind of like the Cowboys as well, if Dak's 100% healthy. So let's wait to bet the Cowboys, but if Dak is is healthy, Dallas is going to win that game by 20 points. So I, I want to wait a little bit on that game. A couple other games that I like coming up this weekend in the National Football League. How about this Ravens-Steelers game? I think this is such an interesting line move, right? Where the Ravens opened as, as a two and a half three-point home favorites with RG3 at starting quarterback, obviously with Lamar sitting with the team having clinched home field advantage. Now the Steelers are two-point road favorites with Devlin fucking Hodges at quarterback. Like, I get that Hodges was a good story earlier in the year, and I think he's given the Steelers more than they possibly could have asked for. He was in-game bench for Mason Rudolph last week. Like, this guy is absolutely terrible. And I get that the Ravens are sitting some of their players here, but you think John Harbaugh wants to let at home, wants to let the Steelers fucking beat them to potentially make the playoffs, assuming the Titans lose to the Texans as well? Like, like, When the line came out, we knew already, this is important, seriously, we knew, the Ravens said weeks ago, that if they got home field advantage in that first round bye, they were going to sit starters. So it's not a surprise that Lamar is sitting, that Ingram's sitting, that Yonda's sitting, that Earl Thomas is sitting. This doesn't come as a shock. That was baked into the line already, and the Ravens were still favored at home in this game with RG3 and company playing and some of the starters sitting. Now you're telling me that a Devlin—this ain't Ben Roethlisberger, it ain't even Mason Rudolph—that Devlin Hodges and the Steelers are favorites on the road in this spot? I think the Ravens are going to fucking cream the Steelers on Sunday. Great job by Mike Tomlin this season, no matter what happens to get this team to 8-8 eight and eight and to, close to a playoff berth. But man, that, the Steelers are not winning this game on Sunday. I love me, the Baltimore Ravens, on Sunday getting points at home against Pittsburgh.
0: Before you leave, Nick, college football playoff. What do you have on OU, LSU, and Clemson, Ohio State?
3: Well, I I bet Clemson already. Um, I do think the number will probably come down a little bit. Like there will be some resistance for Ohio State at some point over the next couple of days. Um, I've got Clemson minus two. I think I'm probably going to stick with that unless the line like comes down closer to a pick 'em, and I can maybe come back in on Ohio on on Clemson. But I like Clemson, and it's it's hard not to, right? With the like, I'm like I don't even Here's why it's been such a fucking whirlwind. Like I don't know if I was like at like a beach, like a, like walk up pool bar when I saw this, or this, maybe this was yesterday. I don't even know. Justin Fields only 80, 85%. Like he's not fully healthy. We saw that obviously in the Michigan game and, and in the big 10 championship game against Wisconsin, where his mobility is a little restricted here. Like Clemson's going to get after that ass man. And Trevor Lawrence is healthy. So I like Clemson in the Clemson Ohio state game, um, whether it's minus two or whether the line comes down a little bit and in the LSU Oklahoma game, I like OU. Um, I hope the line gets to 14 and I can come back in on Oklahoma. It, it's a similar handicap to me to the Oklahoma Alabama game last year when they played in the college football playoff where Fred was around 14. I would say that this year's Oklahoma team with Jalen Hurts as opposed to Kyler Murray is not as good as last year's team but I think it's also fair to argue that despite the, you know, the fireworks from Joe Burrow that last year's Alabama team was pr- probably a little bit better than this year's LSU team. So I think the line is probably pretty fair. If question is really this. Do you think LSU is going to put up a, bit, a a lot of points and I think LSU is going to win the game but that's a big number man for Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma to come strolling in through the back door and like OU's got a lot of firepower of oh, CD Lamb is probably uh, excluding Joe Burrow the best offensive player on the field um, free for either team in this game so I think OU will stroll through the back door similar to like what they did last year against Alabama so LSU wins Oklahoma covers and then the other game give me Clemson to win and cover against Ohio State and then we get the national championship game that everyone deserves which is LSU and Clemson can't wait for it
1: I'll be curious what it means uh, Ronnie Perkins, the leading pass rusher for Oklahoma mm-hmm. suspended that not going to help them when they're a 12 and a half point dog. Can't wait for those games. Oklahoma LSU, the four o'clock game, Clemson, Ohio state, 8. PM. Our Saturday is all set. Nick Costos. Appreciate the time, brother. Merry Christmas. Happy new year.
3: Um, Can I, can I ask one question to you guys
1: before, yeah. I, before
3: I depart? Of course. Um, So, Ross, I love like in your pinned tweet, you got like that up when you're up 30 units for the season and it looks like you're masturbating, like you're about to shoot your load. I think that's great. Um, Since you're up 30 (laughs) units for the year, what is your best bet in the National Football League this weekend? Because I'm getting on a train after this to go to Sports Illustrated and I got to make fucking five picks this weekend. What is Ross Tucker like this weekend so I can tail the 30 unit man and maybe make some money?
0: Well, in in all fairness, I'm down to 26 units, but I'm still oh, okay. up um, and we can talk more about it on You Better You Bet Sunday for sure. But uh, I, I'm with you on the Giants. I, th- I think the Giants are the best bet on the board. I, I think that game is a toss-up game to me. And if the Eagles do win it, it feels like it'll be a late drive by Wentz by a field goal. I love the Giants getting four and a half points. They're going to play loose and free. They want to win
1: the game. There's no draft pick. There's no nothing. All right. You got your best bets of the weekend from both Ross Tucker and Nick Costos. Some you better. You bet. They are hired as our gambling analyst, but we're not done yet. We'll check in with pro football focus about some of the best ways to make a buck week 17 of the NFL. As you all know, hiring can be a
0: challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner experienced that when she was searching for a new game artist to grow her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ziprecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R.
4: up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast.
0: Tip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire.
1: Will the Cowboys back their way into the postseason? Is that the smart bet of the week? Week 17 in the NFL, Boxing Day here. On home and home, a radio.com sports original. We're or brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire, the smartest way to get all your NFL information from grades to odds, podcasts, you name it. PFF.com. Check them out right now. They got a sale going. It's PFF Xmas for 30% off all annual subscriptions The best information anywhere as we break down week 17 in the NFL, going to be outstanding. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. Ah, George, we didn't ask how to say your last name, brother. Well, it's
2: not bad. You did a lot better than the person I talked to on Christmas Eve, who could not, just had no idea, but said it about eight times.
1: So. So how do you say it?
2: I'll give you. So uh, here, here it goes. Shapouri.
1: Woo! Exactly. Shapouri.
2: That's not bad.
1: George works. <laughs> just call him PFF George. That's how you'll find him on Twitter and on Instagram. George, great to have you on as we break down Week 17 in the NFL. But first, brother. I'm a little unhappy with you because it it is boxing day. It's leftover day. We're all feeling fat. We've all loaded up on eggnog and booze and turkey and leftovers and pie. And I'm feeling at least 10 pounds heavier, as is Ross Tucker. And then I check you out on Instagram and you're like a freaking fitness model. Not cool, brother. What's your story? You work out like seven days a week, two hours a day.
2: Uh, you know, give or take, uh, if it makes you feel any better, I I think I came closer to dying from overeating yesterday than I ever have before, because I was, I was solo in Cincinnati uh, for Christmas, and so I had to eat everything that I made, and uh, let me tell you, my gym uh, session this morning was lackluster, to say the least, so I'm in the same boat uh, as you guys, and I'm going to try and sweat my way out of it one way or another.
0: No, no, you're not. We've seen your, we've seen the pictures. You're not in the same boat, George. We hate you. Um, we hate people like you and no, no, I'm just messing with you. George. Um, yeah, I cool. with you. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. You mentioned, so So you're solo for Christmas and you cooked yourself food. What did you make?
2: Well, let's see here. I started out with a little uh, charcuterie board, a little cheese, A little uh, tequila, old-fashioned. And then I went with a nice ribeye from uh, Snake River Farms. Wonderful place. Give them a little shout-out. Baked potato. A little salad because I had to say somewhat healthy. And then at this point, I'm feeling pretty full. But I went ahead and made myself an entire apple crisp uh, and, and had that with about a pint of vanilla ice cream. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You made all that stuff for yourself, brother?
2: Hey, man. Christmas is once a year. You got to celebrate it.
1: That is impressive. See, when I'm alone at a holiday, I go straight for like the Chinese food or I'm just feeling down, I'm feeling blue. I like how you rock that. That is impressive. I usually do the the most low-key thing I can possibly do involving no effort. I like that you took the opposite direction. That's why you look the way you do, and I look, well, not that way. So let's talk a little bit about Week 17 in the NFL season as we try to – uh, look forward to just an outstanding slate of games, but it's just an odd slate of games in that so many people are targeting the Cowboys backing into the postseason courtesy a last weekend loss by the Philadelphia Eagles. How likely do you think that eventuality is?
2: Well, it's more likely than you would think it is based on how the results of last week's game felt right like that felt as though okay foregone conclusion the Eagles are going to win uh, the NFC East and that just isn't the case that's one of the reasons we talked about why the the Cowboys were a good bet a long time ago is that they could have lost that game and still gotten in so right now we have them with a shockingly high 27% chance to back in because they're a huge favorite against the Redskins and the Eagles are playing on the road against the Giants. And the Eagles are not as good a team as the Cowboys, despite winning, right? All of their, all of their underlying metrics are worse than the Cowboys' underlying metrics. So mathematically, uh, they have a better chance of losing uh, than the Cowboys do in Week 17. And obviously, if they lose and the Cowboys win, um, th- that's how the Cowboys back in. We have a 27% chance of that happening.
0: Does not surprise me. I- I'm almost... Uh, At this point, I'm almost surprised that the Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in New York against the Giants. George, we were talking earlier with Nick Costos from You Better You Bet. That's his best bet of the week is the Giants. How about yours?
2: Probably wouldn't be the Giants. I think one of the reasons we differ is that as good as Daniel Jones has been from a box score standpoint, he's still making turnover-worthy plays at one of the highest rates in the NFL. And he's gotten a little lucky with those uh, over the course of this season. But I've got to say, on Monday morning when when Eric and I do our, our Look Ahead podcast, I thought that four-and-a-half was going to be a side that our model would like. It, it doesn't really that much. I think it's because of Daniel Jones. Um but just the way this Eagles season has gone, the fact that Ertz is injured, the fact that Lane Joss is injured, Fletcher Cox came up gimpy in that game, like the Eagles just feel as though they're going to pull a Atlanta Falcons and die right at the doorstep of potential success.
4: So.
1: But of course, this Philadelphia Eagles defense held Dallas to nine points, no touchdowns. Why so little faith in what Philly accomplished defensively last week?
2: Well, here's the reason. And we talk about this with defenses all the time, and I've heard a lot of, of noise about the Kansas City defense. I feel the same way about them as I do this. And the example that I always bring up is think about the Patriots defense, right? Through eight weeks, it was unstoppable or seven weeks or whatever it was. And then they played a really good offense and they got shellacked right the Ravens offense just took them to town and that's the thing about defense it is mostly a product of the offenses that they face and the Dallas offense was a disaster right Dak Prescott was missing throws I think that shoulder obviously hindered him they dropped five the receivers dropped five passes uh in that game that the Eagles did not drop a single one um they tried to establish the run despite the fact that the Eagles were selling out to stop it uh it was a very poor offensive game. Uh, by the Cowboys. So I don't want to sound like I'm not giving the Eagles credit because they took advantage of it, obviously. But we shouldn't put too much stock into past performance defensively. Instead, we should look more at what the offense that they're going to face or that they have faced, how good they are. And that gives us a barometer of, of what the defensive performance has been like.
0: George, I love that we have you on this week. I feel like it's a perfect week to have you on because of what you guys do on the PFF forecast I'm really intrigued by the Seahawks because I think by the time they kick off Sunday night, they'll know that if they win, they're the number three seed behind New Orleans and Green Bay. If they lose, they're the number five seed. So that's, you know, we all like to win division championships. That's nice. But in terms of the postseason, it will be the difference between hosting the Vikings in the wild card round or traveling and they would know at that point whether they'd be traveling to Dallas or Philadelphia, but at a minimum traveling to the NFC East opponent, especially when you consider that the Seahawks haven't played great at home this year. Should there be any consideration given in your mind to the Seahawks? you know, preferring to be the number five seed and playing the NFC's champ on the road as wow. opposed to the Vikings at home? Look at you. That is
2: a, uh, that is a bold move. I, I don't think so. Home field advantage, despite what has happened recently, matters. And it matters a lot in the playoffs. And you do not, I can't imagine that you just want to travel. Right? Like the the just simple fact that you get to stay at home, I think, has got to be worth it. Now, you make a great point, though. The Niners have a lot to lose in this game just from a, a chance of making the Super Bowl, right? Home field is worth so much. If the Niners can win this game, their chance to make the Super Bowl goes up to 31%. If they lose, it drops to 8%. Whereas for the Seahawks, their chance to make the Super Bowl just goes from 11 to 7 so you can tell exactly what you said it's not as big of a game for them and i don't think they in any way play it as if okay losing is fine but man there's got to be a little bit of in the back of your head you know and i think one of the reasons that you three and a half they're getting three and a half at home normally i would feel like that is a great bet our model does like it a little bit but personally i can't get on board with it for the reasons you just mentioned
1: Yeah, I find it uh, impossible to think that Seattle would want to travel across the country, in particular, opposite coast. And this year has been odd. Three home losses for Seattle this season. But given that they have no idea who's running the ball for them, I mean, Marshawn Lynch hasn't played in a year. He's, what, 33. So this is going to be a strictly passing offense they're going to need to hear if they're on the road in philly that could be a game changer they have got to go all in on uh winning this game uh so let's look a few other tilts uh week 17 titans and texans how do you see that one going tennessee right now minus three and a half. Well.
2: I have, everything I've read has told me that the GM Bill O'Brien is playing everybody. Now, whether head coach Bill O'Brien decides to play everybody for the whole game is maybe a little more of a question mark. Um, and this line has, has moved significantly. But to me, if the, if the Texans are playing everyone, this is ridiculous. Like, I, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, I know Tannehill – is very good he's played very well he has a 124 pass rating from a clean pocket no other quarterback is better than he is from a clean pocket this season but Deshaun Watson is still the guy uh, that you want out of those two quarterbacks they're also playing at home it, no Will Fuller would be the one concern for me because without him their offense goes from One of the best, to fairly mediocre, um, drops like 1.2 yards per per pass play, which is pretty incredible. So that does give me a little pause, but the Texans are a very, very good team. And they are getting more than a field goal at home. And that are, you know, they have the better quarterback. So those are three things that I love.
0: I want to go back to something you said I thought was really interesting. Doesn't surprise me. It, It kind of speaks to a column I wrote this week, George, that hasn't been posted yet at The Athletic, but you said 31% Super Bowl chance for the Niners if they're the number one seed versus 8% if they're the five seed. doesn't surprise me at all. I would have been surprised, actually, if it was more like 50% and 4%. I think it is significant. I can't think of anything else that's like this in sports, and I don't know. George, how into other sports you are? But I mean, if they if they win by a point on Sunday night, they play two home games to go to the Super Bowl. If they lose by a point, they're gonna have to play three road games to go to the Super Bowl. I guess the question, George, is is that the biggest sort of disparity in all of sports? Number one. Number two. Is there a way in which they could fix that in your mind? Is that the way it should be?
2: Wow. I love, I mean, I am a fan of of a lot of other sports, and I think of this, this has got a little bit of a game seven, you know, uh, feel to it, right? I mean, there was a game last night, right? Clippers, Lakers, which felt like a really big regular season game. That game didn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things, really, right? This game is so huge. There has been no game this season that has a bigger potential swing in terms of chance to win the Super Bowl than this one does, right? It gets no bigger than this. Um, I like it personally because we need, to, we need the regular season to mean more in general. In football, it means more than any other sport. And oftentimes in Week 17, I mean, we saw last year, right, we were in Tennessee watching the Colts and Blaine D'Abbott play, and that was awful. So I love this. I think this is fantastic. Um, I'm happy that the the Niners are at full strength in this one when they played the Seahawks. Uh, In Week 10, they were without George Kittle. Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. The receivers that that were coming into play for them looked like they hadn't run a route in 10 weeks. So um, I think this is exactly how it should be, personally.
1: Talking to PFF George, check them out. PFF.com, good promotion going on right now. PFFX Xmas, 30% off subscriptions. You are crazy, my friend. It is a brutal system that is rewarding mediocrity because you win a division. San Francisco, Seattle, either one should host a game. Why, why would Philly deserve a home playoff game?
2: They, they absolutely don't, and I have no problem with changing that, though so I do think it's kind of fun. I enjoy it when people get to complain about things because it, it heightens the excitement, right? And I don't have a huge problem with that. I also think it's fun. I, I think it's really fun when the, when the Philadelphia Eagles are a home underdog. That was so much fun a couple of Super Bowls ago, right? It gives it gives the game and gives those players that are playing at home but aren't underdog a little bit more of a you know an edge to them. I think. Um, I obviously don't agree with the way the seating works, but I don't hate it because I think the result are games that are compelling. <laughs>
0: By the way, I think it's sort of awkward, Dave, when you promote George's site and then immediately say, You are crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> make, sure you make, make, crazy. make sure you check out George's podcast. Make sure you check out everything he writes. So George, you have no idea what you're talking about. Why would you say <laughs> I thought I thought that was awesome. What about George, give me uh what about um the Browns and the Bengals. I know nobody cares about it, but I'm thinking about making it my, one of my best bets of the week. So what do you have on the Browns only laying two and a half points to the Bengals?
2: Wow. I'm glad you brought this game up. So uh, last night uh, or last afternoon, uh, Eric, who I do the PFA forecast with, he's driving back to his family in Minnesota, and we're talking about uh, the games on the phone. And we bring this game up, and all season I have been staunchly on the I would rather do just about anything. I'd rather eat Skyline Chili than bet on Freddy Kitchens. Um, And it's proven to be successful thus far uh, this season. But I think there's a narrative here that is perpetuating the NFL that is the Bengals are all of a sudden locked into the number one pick, which means they're going to win this game. And I think that's absolutely hilarious because the Bengals are the worst team in the NFL for a reason. They suck. They tried to beat the Miami Dolphins last week. They needed an onside kick and a miracle, you know, to end up getting to overtime or they would have lost by eight to the Dolphins. On the Browns side, don't you feel like if they, if they lose this game, like they just can't even return to Cleveland, right? Like they, they have to win this game. And what, the best part I wrote about this in our column was – The Browns always find a way for things to go terribly for them, right? So I think Freddie Kitchens should be fired, and it's hard for me to imagine that he stays there. But if he stays there, that means they win this game, right? There's no way he survives, they lose this game. So winning this game could ultimately be terrible for the Browns because maybe it convinces them to keep uh, Freddie Kitchens around. So right now I see it at two and a half. I personally like the Browns. I think there's a lot of people that – that might like the Bengals for some unknown reason. So I'm with you there.
1: If there's one matchup that just typifies why the NFL is such a beautiful thing, I can't wait to watch that game. Yeah. It is dog shit game, no implications. I do not want to miss a minute of that game. I agree with you. This is the Super Bowl for the Browns. They not only have to win that game, they got to win it in fairly convincing fashion yes. to give anyone a sense of positive momentum or direction but i gotta get back to a subtle joke you made there and maybe i'm in the dark here what is skyline chili and why should i not want to eat it
2: wait you don't okay so so i just talked about what i made myself on christmas right so you may have figured out that i'm like a huge food stop which people make fun of me for all the time but whatever but i don't think it's out of the realm of of normality for me to think it's skyline chili is the most abhorrent thing on the planet. So I'm sure that you have enjoyed good chili before. And if you know what good chili is, there's no spaghetti involved in chili. Am I correct there? Good chili does not involve spaghetti. Correct. Yes. So for some reason, in Cincinnati, they have decided to take spaghetti noodles, a mountain of them, put them on a plate, put some very... A uh, uh, watery, you know, beef tomato sauce on top. But I'm not going to call it chili because it's not. And then top it with a mountain of grated but not yet melted cheese. And this is skyline chili. And I personally think it is the most abhorrent thing that I have ever seen. They have a lot of commercials for it here, and I, I, I can't I, I can't even name something. Um, that that I wouldn't eat over that (laughs) any day.
0: Well, first of all, Dave, it's weird. I love how every time I start talking, I start by criticizing Dave. (laughs) But but in all sincerity, Dave, like that is the Cincinnati food. Like that's the Cincinnati staple. I'm like surprised that you've never heard that. And what's funny about it is people that are from Cincinnati – they absolutely love it like they think it's the greatest thing and i happen to have a couple of buddies from cincinnati so maybe that's why i'm so familiar with it but like you get there and they're like oh we're going go to go skyline let's go to skyline and it's not good it's not good like i like like panera turkey chili or like i like real chili like i don't get it they actually serve it at every home game and the chili is not really chili it's like it's like fake tomato sauce. It's hard to describe. I'm actually with you on that one, George. Uh, my last question has to do with though the playoffs and the Super Bowl, and I like to try to get the jump on things. What are you liking? Like, what are the best bets right now that you see coming in the playoffs or the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I think a team that um, is probably not getting enough love right now. are the New Orleans Saints. You know, they lost at home to the Niners, but according, one of the things that we do that I think is really cool is uh, whenever teams play each other, we don't use the final score of the game to determine how we adjust power ratings. We look at the grading for both sides, and we say, did this team legitimately win? You know, what what should the score differential have been? And what's really interesting about that Saints-Niners game is that we actually had the Saints squeezing out a, a very tight win according to the grading, and that tells you, look, the Saints are a very good team. And um, they obviously don't have to play the Seahawks on the road, uh, you know, this coming Sunday, which helps them a little bit. But we have them with about a 37% chance to make it to the Super Bowl, about a 21% chance to win. It's the best of any team in the NFL. So I think if I, if I were to bet on one team right now, that would be the one. But let me tell you the team that, that, I, that I think is going to ho- uh, hoist the Lombardi, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're flying under the radar. Pat Mahomes, the way that he played in the snow a couple of weeks ago, was so impressive. Uh, To me, that that offense is just unstoppable, and I think they're the team that can go into Baltimore and beat Baltimore, Uh, and then whoever comes out of the NFC is going to have the worst offense, and I'll take offense every day of the week.
1: The lack of a running game is just what concerns me with Kansas City. I am with you on New Orleans. That seems like the most consistent team down the stretch. Any thoughts, George, about the college football playoff and who you see emerging as a national champ?
2: Well, it was interesting. When they announced the the matchups, I was excited to bet on Clemson as what I assumed would be a a short underdog. And, of course, they're not. (laughs) They're a little bit of a favorite. Um, And I actually, at two and a half, Kind of like Clemson uh, covering over Ohio State, which I know is not is not popular here in uh, (laughs) in Ohio. And then on the other side, LSU is an enormous um, an enormous favorite over Oklahoma. So you figure, okay, Oklahoma or uh, LSU Clemson. uh, It's it's very hard for me to see a team beating LSU. I I could imagine that being a very short spread, maybe a three point game. Maybe I'm way off there, Um, and I would probably lean. Uh, I would probably lean LSU in that one, but I will see what the model says. Check back in in five days, I guess.
1: (laughs) We will do. Uh, PFF underscore George, check them out. PFF.com. Very excited to try what you suggested early, a tequila old-fashioned. Is that what you said you made for a cocktail?
2: Yeah, so I I like tequila personally, and uh, I just use agave instead of sugar. And then tequila instead of, you know, an Añejo tequila instead of the bourbon. And uh, I find that the the agave syrup mixes better than the, than the sugar. So it just, I don't know, I like it. You should try it. Come to Cincinnati. I'll make you one.
1: Wow. We'll have some Skyline Chili. We'll have a tequila old-fashioned. You just might be the most interesting man in pro football and, um, analysis. Good to talk to you, my friend.
2: Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Have a great one.
1: He is a renaissance man, Ross Tucker. He cooks five-star meals for himself. He makes up a tequila old-fashioned. He is like a fitness model and breaks down the NFL with the best of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, who who makes himself like a ribeye? And what was the first thing he said? I can't remember. Like the old, fa- I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, you know what? I guess I wish I was like that. I guess, number one, I don't know how to cook anything like that. Number two, I I guess in my mind, I would feel like I didn't have time, but certainly on Christmas Day, he feels like he could have time. I know what people don't have time for, Dave, and that's actually going through and finding people to hire. It's an unbelievably annoying, time-consuming process, so challenging, Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner experienced that when she was searching for a new game artist to grow her education tech company. But then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can too by signing up for free at ziprecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter,
1: the smartest way to hire. All right, we got you the smartest way to prepare for Week 17 in the NFL. I'm all set on my bets. I hope you fellas are right. We got great stuff from PFF George and from our good friend Nick Costos from You Bet or You Bet and Ross Tucker's Game of the Week as well. Should be outstanding. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a Friday home at home. Enjoy Boxing Day, everyone. Get back to the stores. Make those returns. We'll talk about some sports returns tomorrow. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. Have a great boxing day. Hey,
0: everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home.